Hi, and welcome to my first podcast. I hope to use this as a way to discuss my love of country music, old and new. I make no claims to be an expert on the subject, or even a critic. What I do know is what I like, and hopefully you'll like some of it too. And maybe you'll be introduced to music you've never heard before, or reintroduced to music you haven't heard in ages. Today though, I want to discuss what at first glance seems like a strange subject. Is the easy availability of music these days leading to its downfall? Music has never been easier to get a hold of. You can go online and find numerous legal download sites, buy physical CDs and have them delivered right to your door. You can even pay a few euro, pounds, dollars, depending on where you are, and have access to streaming services with more music available than you could ever listen to. And you can keep it all with you wherever you go, right there in your pocket. What could be better for a music fan? That means getting access to the music you want to hear has never been easier. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? In Automatic, Miranda Lambert sang Seems like only yesterday I'd get a blanket set Record the country countdown cause I couldn't buy it yet For some people, that brings back memories of our youth. But for others, that imagery is as alien as little green men. She continues in the chorus, stating, Hey, whatever happened to waiting your turn, doing it all by hand? Cause when everything is handed to you, it's only worth as much as the time you put in. And there, in a nutshell, we have the problem. As a music fan growing up, I had to put in effort to enjoy my favorite songs or artists, but today, it's just a prod of my bored finger. I have just about every song known to man available at my fingertips, and the choice can become too much. And as a result, I don't really listen anymore, not like I used to. Why don't I listen? I am a music fan. More specifically, I am a country music fan. I was listening to country music before I knew to label it. I loved the early Elvis tracks recorded in Sun Studios. I heard songs like The Gambler by Kenny Rogers and The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band and I wondered why I didn't hear more music like that on the radio. I realise now looking back that even the music that I did hear on the radio that I liked was influenced by country music. My favourite band growing up was Huey Lewis and the News. Their big breakthrough album came in 1983 and finished with a little track called Honky Tonk Blues written by the great Hank Williams. Another group I loved was the Eagles, especially their hit Desperado. And you really didn't get much more mainstream country than that. Most of the 90s country I listened to later was heavily influenced by that Eagles sound. Even what I watched was country influenced. One of my favorite TV shows, The Dukes of Hazzard, had Waylon goddamn Jennings doing the music and narration. And one of my favourite movies, Smokey and the Bandit, had Jerry freaking Reed starring in it and doing a couple of songs. So really, I was always a country fan. I just hadn't realised it yet. Then came the breakthrough in the 90s. I was been dropped into work by my dad because I hadn't saved up enough money yet for a bike, not because I was a lazy sod. Anine Dempsey was on the radio introducing a song from an artist that was taking the music scene in America by storm. The artist was Garth Brooks. And the song was Against the Grain from his album Roping the Wind. I listened to that song and that sunny morning drive to work and thought, that was pretty good, went to work and probably forgot all about it. A year later though, 
I was spaced out on the couch, tired after a day's work, which I was now cycling to and from on the bike earned by my hard work, and my world changed. The concert special, This Is Garth Brooks, came on, and I was blown away. That's when I realised there was a whole world of music beyond the top 40, and I jumped in eagerly with both ears, and then proceeded to bend the ear off everyone who would listen about this marvel of entertainment. Now, I had to know more. I made the trip to Dublin, to HMV on Henry Street, and found a section marked country. And there they were, two CDs, no fences, and roping the wind. The over an hour long bus ride home was agony, but eventually I made it to my room and stood in front of my CD player with my shiny new possessions. Damn, now which one do I listen to first? Okay, let's go in order, no fences. I put on my big over ear headphones, so the outside world wouldn't intrude and got lost for the rest of the day. It was over two weeks from first being blown away by that concert special until I finally got to hear that music again. Two weeks. I had put in two weeks of waiting, half a day to travel in and get home with those prized possessions after spending almost a full day's wages on them. After all that, there was no way those albums weren't going to be played over and over and over. Today, I'd probably download them to my phone and get to them later. No value attached. I've heard musicians and the music industry in general giving out about the lack of revenue from music streaming. But to be honest, I have very little sympathy for that. The successful musicians will always make money and there's always going to be people who can't make a living from it, but who just do it for love. The amount of money streaming generates or doesn't generate won't change that. What I'd be more worried about is whether or not people are taking music too much for granted because of streaming. If music is really easy to get, we start assuming it's easy to make. That might be okay for the blink and you missed and pop stars, but it's no good for the country music we love. The artists we like put months, even years at times into their music. It's not something that can be digested in three minutes at the end of a long day as we rush home from work dealing with the idiots who just won't get out of the way. Maybe the artists need to adapt to the changing marketplace, find a way to make us listen again. Brad Paisley's new album, titled Love and War, is a good example. He recorded the full 16 songs and let it out to the world. But he knew people didn't listen to albums these days, so he went and made a video to go along with each song and released it as a visual album. So now you have to sit down and pay attention. And you know what? I did. I sat down and I listened to that album from start to finish. No breaks, no distractions, and it was glorious. I listened, really listened, and discovered some great music. So, is that the answer? No, of course it's not. Fair play to Brad for doing that, and to any other artist who's trying to get their music noticed by doing something different. We need to learn to listen again to set aside the time we had to in the days we could only listen to vinyl, CDs and cassettes. Sit down, turn off the TVs, shut down the web browser and give it your full attention. Or not. Maybe that's not your idea of good music. Maybe you want to get up off the couch and let that music move you. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you shut the rest of the world out and let that good music take you away from everything else. I know I'm going to do that, and I know there are other people in the world who will do that. I also know 
there are people who don't need to be told to get lost in music again because they always have and always will. What worries me is that we may be a dying breed. That the people who grow up with this easy availability will never appreciate music as we do and it'll become just another disposable product like the plastic bottle your water comes in. And there you go. Those are my thoughts on it. And from that, let's see if we can put together a playlist worth listening to. First up, Miranda Lambert and Automatic. You'll find it on her Platinum album. That's what it's called, not what it sold. Although, I'm sure it did that too. It was the lead single from that album and was nominated for a host of awards. Winning the Academy of Country Music Award for Song of the Year, the CMA Award for Single of the Year, and the CMT Music Female Video of the Year. Next up, the two songs I loved growing up but never felt the need to label country. The Gambler by Kenny Rogers and The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band. Two great songs, no matter your taste in music. The Gambler was actually written by Don Schultz in 1976 and had already been recorded three times before Kenny Rogers got around to it in 78. It became a massive hit for Kenny, becoming one of his signature songs and crossed over to the pop charts, which is why I probably managed to hear it. The Devil Went Down to Georgia, on the other hand, was an instant success for the Charlie Daniels Band when released and remains their biggest hit. Then some Elvis from those Sundays. Let's go for a mystery train. Elvis improves any playlist and any good country playlist has to have a train song. That's the rule. The song itself is actually a blues song written and recorded originally by Junior Parker in 1953. Sam Phillips did that recording and he had Elvis record it in 1955. Scotty Moore's guitar work on Elvis's version made it pure country. I think we should also put on those tracks from the country influenced rock bands. Honky Tonk Blues by Huey Lewis and the News, it's on their album entitled Sports, and Desperado by the Eagles. Sports was Huey Lewis's third album and a massive number one hit for them. Their version of Honky Tonk Blues closed out the album, the song itself, was originally written by Hank Williams back in 1952 and was a big hit for him. Desperado was the title track from the Eagles' second album, released in 1973. Even though it became a signature song for the band, it was never actually released as a single and even the album it came from wasn't a chart success at the time of its release, not even cracking the top 40. Let's dip into the visual world next with Good Old Boys, the theme song from the Dukes of Hazard by Waylon Jennings. Not one of his best in my opinion, but trust me, this is not the last we are going to hear of old Waylon. He wrote and recorded it, especially for the show, doing two slightly different versions. One was used as the theme during the opening credits, and a longer version with a slightly different lyric was released as a single going on to be Waylon's biggest selling hit. Then, Eastbound and Down, the song from Smokey and the Bandit by Jerry Reed. It was also specially written for the movie and became a big hit for Jerry. Man, could that guy play guitar. On a side note, Elvis once recorded Jerry's song Guitar Man, but they couldn't get the guitar sound right on it, so they had to call Jerry in to do it on Elvis's version as well. Oh sure, why not? Let's put Guitar Man on as a bonus track. You can go for either version, or even both, if you're so inclined. We get up to date with Brad Paisley and let's put on the title track of his new album Love and War. Also featuring some stellar vocals from John Fogarty. The song was co-written by Brad and John Fogarty and is about the treatment of war veterans in the United States. Then of course we have to have a track from Mr Brooks. 
the first song I ever heard by him, Against the Grain. I'm not sure why Ian Dempsey picked that song to play, because it was never released as a single. It's the opening track from Garth's second album. It wasn't written by him, but it does seem to be about the perception of him in the music industry. That last track may be a little hard to lay your hands on. Garth isn't a big fan of having his music on streaming services, so, as far as I know, it's only on one, and not one of the big ones. Guess it may take a bit of work to get that one, but trust me, it'll be worth the time you put in. There we go, my first podcast done, and our first playlist made. I hope it didn't bore you too much, and maybe you'll even listen again, and we'll see where my rambling thoughts on country music can take us. Hopefully, to some great country music. Until next time.